This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I was doing good, and then now I'm feeling a little bit sick to my stomach that I saw Peak Too Early dropped a Strava page, so I don't think I'm feeling that great, to be honest with you. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Guys, I, I think I'm doing a lot better than Michael, because... I'm big time now. Uh, for anyone that actually listened to the entire episode last week, you got to hear my beautiful voice singing Josie. And so I just want to shout out anyone that actually listened to it going through. Um, you know, I definitely had the, the performance nerves and, and maybe it wasn't my best singing performance, but I thought I nailed it. So, you know, shout out to me and going big time. So I was going to save it for my Bell app. So I'll probably have to think of something new now. I thought we were going to wait to get into that, but if you want to do it, let's get into it now. Let's because, get into it right now. Because, Chad, the Peak to Early community is chattering these days over buzzing. Um, it, it's buzzing over what happened at the end of the last episode. But it's sad because what's buried in your horrific singing voice is Megan, your girlfriend's beautiful flute playing. Like, I think people <laughs> yeah. thought that that was, like, just part of, like – the background music or like the YouTube music that you chose, but no, she was playing the flute live and it was gorgeously beautiful. And then your terrible voice, even she came in with some like the harmonies and her voice was beautiful, but you just ruined the whole damn thing. So what you're not telling the people, Michael, is I first sent you a video just of Megan playing the flute. And that was the idea to do the, the flute solo. You know, she did a, a pretty good job covering, I thought. Um, but then I thought, you know, just for jokes, I, I show off, you know, when, when I add my musical talent to the performance, what it looked like. Well, if you're going to send me that video, how am I not going to use it? Trey? Are you <laughs> serious? Fair. You really thought that I wasn't going to use that? I was thinking so, though, it, go ahead, Steve. No. So I had no idea that was trying <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to the podcast and, you know, I usually look forward to hearing the rendition that Mike puts in at the end of the show. And I remember listening to it and being like, Oh my God, my ears hurt. This is horrible. And I was gonna, have, I was planning on, you know, we were gonna record today, and I was gonna have a little talk with Mike. I was gonna be like, Hey, Mike, you know that that re that rendition of your love was really harsh. We gotta, we gotta put in some better audio clips. And like Mike said, we had a bunch of people reaching out to us, being like, you know, what the hell was that at the end of the episode? And in it, Mike, we were, you know, we're all kind of on the Instagram and he saw one of the conversations I was having with somebody. And I was like, yeah, I don't know where that came from. And I forget who it was, but they even asked, was that one of you guys singing? And I was like, no, just a really bad version of your love. <laughs> and Mike is like, nope, that was Trent. And then I went back and I listened to it. And then it was hilarious once I knew it was Trent. But the, the like Mike said, the flute playing, amazing. Singing, very good. It's it's one of those things, though. You know, only the most pissed off people are going to give feedback, right? Everyone that enjoyed it is not necessarily going to comment on it. But if you are throwing shade at me, I'd like to see somebody do it better. So if somebody's out there has a little bit more music musical talent than myself, please submit it. You know, Mike will we'll put it at the end of the episode. Um, you know, as long as it's not worse than me. I think I set the bar pretty pretty 
low, if I'm going to be honest. So as long as you don't do worse than me, maybe we can get you in at the end of the episode. Trent has no uh, no weight in saying that, because even if it is worse than Trent, which is hard to do, I'm running out of Josie's, so I'll put pretty much anything in these days. So just send me anything, and it's going to make the episode. I can promise you that. I think we need to go back to some best of because there's been some bad ones in there, but there's been some really awesome, oh, absolute fire. Like back ones. in yeah. back in the early days when you first started finding like the Josies, like the the your love co- your love covers, there was some fire covers in there. I I feel like we're at the point now where we probably can start recycling, and maybe every once in a while people will notice, but for the most part, people won't notice because there's been. You know, I think the only one we've repeated has been the original one that we used to use back in the day, the the girl singing Josie there. But that one we use occasionally. But for the most part, there's been like 50 different variations of Josie. So, I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'll start recycling them a little bit. And there was one are... reggae one in there that you need to put in regularly. Oh, yeah. That reggae oh, yeah. one was the best. But uh, so, guys, I did a thing today. We did yeah. a thing. Oh, uh, no, I think you did a thing. <laughs> I think you did a thing. See, so, the thing is, I knew I knew it was happening, but I didn't know it was going to be public to the world like that. I didn't know I was going to have to like face the music so quickly. So, no, you definitely did a thing. So, back in our first episode, I think you know the the pilot episode. It's not it, it, the audio quality is so <laughs> bad. It's not even on iTunes anymore. But it, back in the pilot episode, a big part of the pilot was making fun of Strava, making fun of everybody that used it, and. uh we officially have a Strava club uh, on Strava. But in my defense, though, we're using this as a tool, okay, right? Like, we can't we can't go and run with people in person. So we need to find ways to run with people, right? And I think doing it over the internet on Strava, we got some ideas coming through Strava. I think, I think we can justify this one. So I will use this, and I think we'll get into what we're going to be using it for. For the spirit of com- competition, I will do just about anything. I think, you know, we've been at enough bachelor parties and wild nights together to know that in the spirit of competition, Mike Gendron will do just about anything. And that is including using Strava. But I am not about to start using Strava on like a daily basis. That's just not, that's not going to be something that happens. Yeah, I think we, we all maybe probably said this early on in the pod that we would be total sellouts if needed, right? You know, if Miller Lite wanted to make us a beer podcast would be a beard podcast if there is some sort of content to come out of the strava that they were going to talk about potentially um then then i'll sell out but it does hurt to the core i mean i was getting texts today from people saying you have a strava <laughs> account and i just i just didn't want to respond you know i just wanted to go back into my quarantine life and just ignore the world so we're doing a pretty bad job of selling this uh, strava club so <laughs> if you're listening right now <laughs> If you're listening right now, go join our Strava club. So we got some things coming down the pipe. So next week, we kind of, you know, we want to jumpstart our fitness a little bit because we're all a little bit out of shape. We want to put some miles down and we're all curious, like what we can do. Right. So I think we, (laughs) I mean, you know, what have you guys been averaging for weekly miles? Not, not good, right? I would say somewhere between 15 and to 25 miles. We'll say oh, we'll say twenty twenty three miles a week. Uh, yeah, I would I say think. big week last week, and I, and I got twenty miles in. That was been my peak for about six months. Okay, so <laughs> I I had a big week last week, but then prior to that, I was averaging about ten miles a week. So what we want to do is we're gonna we're gonna throw down the gauntlet, 
and between the three of us, we wanted a competition to see starting Monday because that's when the running week starts. It starts on Monday, ends on Sunday. It's a fact. We're going to start on Monday. What'd you say? I said that's a fact. It's a fact, right? And so we're going to start on Monday, and between the three of us, we're going to see who can run run more miles. And we're going to upload to Strava so we can kind of keep track of that and you guys can see where we're at. Um, so what do you guys think? So can we set the guidelines here, like right on the on the on the show? Is it one of those things where you have to upload to Strava immediately after your run? Are we gonna have a time in the day that it's set to download your run? Like, because there's definitely strategy into, you know, when you upload stuff and and that whole thing. So can we can we set the the standards here? Good point. Yes. So. I was thinking about this, and I think there is some gamesmanship about when you post, right? So mm-hmm. I, I want, I don't want to take that out of the competition. So what I'm thinking is that you need to post if you've run before noon, you got to post at noon, and if you've run before, let's say 8 p.m., you got to post before 8 p.m., and then after that, you got to post before midnight. Oh my God! If anybody's doing runs between 8 p.m. and midnight, well, I mean, Sunday could get wild, Mike. Yeah, so it ends on it ends Sunday at midnight, so you can do runs yeah. between 8 p.m. Oh, oh, oh good. So what do you guys think? Do you, I mean, do you guys think that that's a good posting schedule, or would you suggest something different? No, I, I like that quite a bit. I, like I think that, that's bit. very good, and I think that goes to my point where, Steve, you try to introduce this, like, uh, we're, we're trying to jumpstart our miles, we're trying to get in, in shape. You know, that that has nothing to do with any of this for me. I do <laughs> not want to do this challenge. I am not looking forward to it. It is solely so that I can, like, do a competition and not lose to you two is the only reason why I'm participating in this. I am, like, scared shitless of this, of going out and, like, seeing, like, how bad it's going to hurt and how much I'm going to push my body into this. Because I got to, like, uh, you know, I just feel that like my IT band is going to break in half and I'm going to have to, you know, crawl to get my last final miles and to make sure I win. Um, so I just want to put that out there. That is the reason why why I'm doing this. And so I appreciate these guidelines to make sure, you know, the gamification is there. I'm are, definitely getting injured. There's, that's yeah, like, that's yeah a, this is so stupid. <laughs> so are, are we are we in the trust tree right now? Is it? Can... Yeah, yeah. Nobody's listening okay. to this. Mike. Okay. I just uh, probably 15, 20 minutes ago got back from a six and a half mile run. It was very difficult. And like <laughs> my back is throbbing right now. I, this is not going to be – this is – We've done a lot of stupid things, and like I would say, like the uh, degenerateness of things I've done have been way worse than this. But as far as like actually stupid for my health and well-being, this might be the dumbest thing we've ever done because we're all hyper-competitive people. So that means we're gonna push ourselves to our absolute brink. This might not be a competition of like who does the most miles. It's going to be a competition of like who lasts the longest and who is <laughs> like able to be like the biggest psychopath. Like that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, that's fair. Makes you summed it up well. Like how how many miles do you think like the winner will actually hit? So I, well, I, think I, see, I don't <laughs> want to throw it in the numbers there because that's, I mean, that, that's some gamesmanship right there. Yeah, but I tell I you think... what I'm thinking in my head right now. You know you have a goal. And the posting of every day is going to be really interesting because we're going to see some massive overreactions, some underreactions, some I think I got this in my head and I see one of you guys put something out there. I may have to up that, you know, two times, three times as much as I planned on doing. So I am excited for that part. Yeah, I think that's going to be the best part of it because – we're 
again, we're all hyper competitive. So we all have like a strategy, I'm sure, in our heads that we think is like a foolproof strategy. But then on day one, I'm going to see Trent do something and I'm going to be like, oh, shit, wait a minute. Like, am I supposed to should I be doing more miles? Should I be doing less miles? Like, it's going to it's going to be it'll be interesting for sure. Or or we could all rope a dope each other and start off like one mile on Monday, <laughs> two miles. And then like by the weekend, we try to get like 50 miles. So so here's my other question, too. Is there should we set a limit at like your um average pace like you know what i mean so that we're not logging yes. like walking miles and stuff like that yeah it, it yeah. shouldn't be too fast because i mean let's be serious here so we need to find like what is the like the the bar right so i think i think average pace should be let's say because there's gonna be some slow miles by the end of this week i think average pace let's say let's say under under 815 well no think about it think about it because okay all right all right so so here's is is that average per run or is that average over the whole week you know what i mean like good point point. because like if you blast say you go blast a five minute mile then you walk a 10 minute mile that 10 minute mile shouldn't count so let's just say any mile slower than nine minutes doesn't count all sub nine miles any any singular mile any single mile slower than nine minutes doesn't count. All right, so here's here's my only complaint to that is I have a lot of trails that I run around here, and so sometimes my GPS I'll be going at like you know a 650 pace, and then I'll I'll knock into the woods for a few miles, and there'll be like a random like 10 minute mile, and I think it's just because the watch gets all funky. What what do we do with that? I think it's because you're going slower, man. I don't care if it, like I lose miles off of it. I'm okay with that, but I just don't want to lose a mile because my watch. No, you're right. Made, made you're right. it longer. You know what I mean? So here's what we do. Here's what we do. Any so okay. So let's take that out. So we don't use the the single mile, and we just do it a single run pace can't be slower than eight thirty. Or let's like make that. it a little bit nine a nine. little bit faster. No, oh, eight thirty faster. Yeah, 8:30. Right. Uh, so any any uh, run, run average, average slower than 8:30. Average pace. Yeah. A, a, a doesn't run, count. I love it. Yeah. So imagine if you imagine, imagine if you're doing like a 15 mile run and you're looking at your watch and it's like teetering between 8:29 and 8:30. You're just like this last mile. So it all comes down to this. I love so it. So that that is a rule that will keep us alive though, because if it wasn't, then you could see us trying to push, you know, one one sixty mile weeks or something. One, I don't know yeah, what yeah. the insane number yeah. is, but if you just could like count, just be like walking all day every day. All right, so eight thirty. If you, your total run has to average eight thirty pace. Yes. Okay. okay. I would like that. And so, how can we get the listeners involved? So I was thinking, so if you fall, if you join our club, right? I'd say let's say the the listener that gets the most amount of miles for the week gets a free T-shirt. What, what if they already have a T-shirt? We'll figure then something we'll out. Some, we'll yeah, figure we'll something. figure something out. There'll be some kind of compensation. Yeah. So whoever, so if, if if you join our club, whoever in the club gets the most amount of miles for the week gets a prize. And I mean, I, I suppose we can figure it out off air. But between the three of us, we need to either have some kind of monetary oh, yeah. bet. Or we need to have a punishment type thing. Or we could do both. I mean, both works as well. So 
we can figure Let's that out. Some we got a few days. I think but. I think it definitely there definitely needs to be some money involved, but I'm I'm also Big open time. to punishments. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. This is gonna be this is gonna be a, a miserable week. This is the worst idea the podcast has ever had, but um, we're rolling with it. So, Mike, on that, why don't we kick off the running news? All right, gentlemen. So this week in the running news, you know, we got to I had to weed out some news stories just because we have so many things happening in the running world these days. Um, but so breaking news, um, I learned recently that most states run the 1600 and not the mile in high school. See, I grew up in the great state of Massachusetts that is a true American state. And in high school, we run the mile. But apparently, and I went literally my entire life thinking that, like, oh, yeah, in high school in America, we just run the mile. Not true. Apparently, most states run the 1600. Trent, what do you have to say for yourself? It's a, it's a fact that I think has been attempted to be buried, you know, away from the press for for so long and your investigative reporting Michael after all these years, you know, of secrecy where where the news was not out, you have finally uncovered, you know, that this this fact that every other state does a 16. I mean, honestly, who cares? What's the difference? It's it's a few See, you're, No, so you're making light of this situation, but like <laughs> that is a big deal. Like it blew my mind 16, when I found 1600 out. 1600 is not a track event. It is not a track event anywhere in the world except for apparently high school, like random state, which apparently is 49 other state track and field. Like college, perfect. No, no, literally nobody else in the world runs the 1600. Even other countries, they run the 1500. The 1600 is absurd and ridiculous. You gotta like draw more lines on the track. All of a sudden, it just messes up all the splits. You know how many times people show up to the track, they don't know where to line up anyway to start a race. Try getting a bunch of 15-year-olds that have never run track before, and you tell them they gotta, you know, figure out where to start when you have the mile it's not, out there. Listen, it's just not because the every other state organizing isn't smart the enough to figure out the mile doesn't mean we shouldn't run it. I, I was blown away. I found this out a couple weeks ago, and this was actually a, a topic of conversation on our on our P2E watch party, but. When I, I couldn't believe it. So every single time, every single mile time I've heard from everybody my entire life from another state doesn't count. Okay? It just doesn't count. You didn't run the mile. You ran the metric mile. I don't know what's going on with that. Like we've talked about it so many times on this podcast. Bring back the mile. The mile is the coolest event in the sport. And every other state is 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 degrading that. It's it's taking away from how awesome the mile is by doing this stupid metric mile. And see, you know what's worse than that, Steve, too, is nobody has been beating that drum louder than Trent Fontanella. And never <laughs> once did <laughs> he mention that he didn't run he never the, mile. Ran the mile in high school. And then he and went to college. He went to college, and the college outdoor, they run the 1500. And he wasn't a miler. I mean, look at the guy. He wasn't a miler. He was a long distance guy. So. I would be surprised if Trent's ever run a mile in his entire life, and here he is banging the drum that we need to bring back the mile. You are a fraud, sir. Bring back the mile to the elites. We don't need to bring the mile to the scrubs out there. I do have a you know a counterpoint to this too. If if the mile is so you know important for high schoolers to run, 
how come we're not running, you know, the 800 and, and six meters or whatever? How come we're not doing the full half mile? It's, I mean, it's basic math. You take a quarter mile or, or you know, not a quarter mile. You take the 400, one loop around 800, 1600, 3200. It's just a simpler, cleaner thing for a bunch of, you know, high schoolers. You've talked about this before, Trent. We know that the mile doesn't make sense. It's an arbitrary distance, but it doesn't matter. It's the mile. It's it, this is America. That's what it's all about. Like that's I don't know what to tell you, Trent. I, it, no one's asking it to make sense. We're just asking it. We're just asking for a mile. That's what we're asking for. Full disclosure: If it was anyone but you know you two defending the mile i would be on your side but i i just i hate to see a couple of lowell you know hoodlums over here basking in their their victory of having you know miles run in massachusetts high school meets people can say a lot of things about lowell nobody from pelham new hampshire should ever talk badly about any other town or <laughs> any other city trent okay <laughs> if you want to go down that road Great point, by the way, Mike. I, I forgot about this, and I knew we needed to bring it up on the podcast at, at some point. But yes, this is this is a travesty. Every every high school mile in the country that wasn't run in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, asterisk. Nobody's talking about it. I feel like we're the first platform to ever talk about this, and it's a goddamn crime. Yep. So now let's get into our interview with a guy that ran a 350 mile, not metric mile, Adidas sponsored athlete. Sam Brown. All right, so we are here with 350 Miler, All-American at the University of Oregon, and he currently runs for Adidas. Sam Prakel, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So... The, the world is shut down right now. Sports are non-existent. So what are you doing right now to keep yourself busy? So right now I'm actually quarantined down in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, once once those first couple of meets got canceled, I decided to, to make the trip down here. And, and if there weren't any races going on, um, decided to just hang out here for a bit and, and get some get some solo running in so yeah i mean st staying inside except except for running and um you know doing the the watching tv watching movies um lots of cooking reading some books um yeah facetiming friends and family because no one is really up to too much right now but it's been yeah it's been a, a kind of a, a good time to take a step back and, and reflect on things and um you know still training still still doing what i love um so yeah it's been it's been weird but um i think everyone's adjusting one thing you didn't mention there that we saw on instagram was you're doing some weird uh cup drill where you have to balance on one foot and, and poke some weird cups how many <laughs> takes did that take because because that looks to be just about impossible what you did without falling on your face <laughs> yeah so that was actually one of the first takes um i do that i do that a lot and you know i mean i first started off doing that let's see, two years ago, I think is when I picked that up. Um, it was, it was almost impossible, you know, kind of stumbling, um, especially trying to touch the the back couple cups. Um, but I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, the juggling will take some work though, um, towards yeah, the end. So you know, I just kind of threw that, threw, threw that in. <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted it to kind of be authentic. So I just took pretty much one of the first takes I did and um, threw it up there. And yeah, just kind of kind of kind of showed that we're all um, yeah, stuck inside and t- making use of, of what's around us. And for me, like I just have, you know, a couple of dumbbells and, and yeah, everyone's got cups. So I thought that was a good one to, <laughs> to show off. <laughs> So I was uh, when I was doing some research beforehand, I noticed that you are kind of volunteer assistant coaching at UW. Is that something you're still still doing now, or you know when the fall rolls around you'll be doing? Yeah, so most of the year I'm based in Seattle, and and Andy Powell's my coach, and um, I work out with the team um, most days. So yeah, they brought me on as a volunteer assistant, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, getting to know all the guys on the team and being around kind of that excitement that comes with college cross country and, and, and college track and field. And, um, yeah, kind of a scene I still wanted to be in after I left Oregon and it was a little odd going to the rivalry. Yeah, Washington. That's a... <laughs> but we, we, we brought um, some of the same culture up there with us and all the guys are great. And, um, you know, it, it's been a yeah blast getting to know all of them and kind of help out with, um, yeah, some of some of the recruits um, who, who we've signed, and I think there's an exciting future at Washington, and I'm just, yeah, happy to be a part of that. I was going to ask what, you, do you think some of your, like, old coaches and old teammates see you as, like, a, you know, a traitor? You're hanging around with the uh, the other Pac-12 crew now, and I don't know, wearing a different color these days? It, it, it might look a little weird. I don't know. Um, all the guys I keep in touch <laughs> with, we're still super close. Um, but, you know, a lot of the distance runners – from Oregon during my time were pretty loyal to both the program and to the pals. So I think seeing them move up to Washington um, caused a lot of the loyalty to, to maybe move there, maybe not so much for the Huskies, but just to see the pals succeed is, is cool for everyone who was under their program. Um, my five years at Oregon. What's the, what's the biggest thing you've learned doing the coaching that you didn't know, even just a couple of years ago when you were an athlete? Um, that's a good question. I, most of the time I'm more of an athlete than a coach. You know, I, I, I coach by, you know, jumping into workouts and yeah, helping bring these, these, these guys to, to the, that next level of, of fitness. Um, but the few times I have had to step back and, and be a coach, you know, if, if I show up and um, a couple of guys need time during a workout or, you know, just motivated during a workout, you know, that's kind of a different role that I've never had to, had to play. Um, but you do, um, you don't realize when you're an athlete, maybe how, um, I don't know, different it is kind of, kind of just standing still for an entire workout. Like there are some rainy cold workouts where if you're a coach, you just stand there and you're cold the entire time. And I kind of wish I was just out there running. So I do prefer being kind of the runner, um, still, but the coaching is, is really interesting and, and yeah, possibly maybe something in my future. So I was kind of going back through some of your old races and, uh, one race that stuck out, I think it was the, uh, the city, uh, Cork City Sports uh, Mile. Um, I think it was 2017 when you won. Yeah, I won in 2017. <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> and and right. 2018. So no, it's all That's good. That's right. Um, um, I, in, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna ask. Were you, the first time you you won, you were wearing was that your high school singlet? It was. So yeah. So Oregon didn't allow us to wear our school uniforms overseas or kind of after the season. So. I had to kind of swap in and out some just singlets I had um, in my suitcase. And, you know, I wore, I wore that uniform all four years of high school and I still have it. And yeah, I just wanted to represent the hometown back in Ohio. So yeah, Versailles high school kind of, yeah. And it, and it, I don't know, kind of um, allowed 
I don't know. It, it, it maybe I had some good performances in high school, so I was hoping it would bring kind of the same magic um, as a as a collegiate, and and it did. So I was happy that first time I wore outside of high school was like. No, I, I I love it. I, I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that that's awesome because there's nothing I love more than you know when you're watching a basketball game or a football game and the athletes come on and they're saying what school, what position they play and, and what school they went to. And every once in a while, you'll see an athlete throwing his high school. And I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. And if I were to ever be on a stage where I was a, a professional runner, I would definitely try to mix in a couple of races with my uh, old high school singlet. For sure. Yeah. I, I owe so much to my hometown. You know, it's just a, a small town of, of 2,500 people in Ohio and they've support, supported me throughout this en- entire journey. So, I mean, that's, yeah, the least I can do. At the so same time, we just oh, we'll oh, go ahead, Mike. At the no, same time, we uh. After you. Oh, thank you. The, <laughs> the politeness on this podcast is good. Uh, we had a we had another uh, duck on recently, uh, Jess Hull. And one thing I like to break down with the Oregon athletes is just uh, you know, the uniform choices that you have, because Oregon's known for having these fun, flashy, you know, a different uni every race. So um, it's kind of a shame that you weren't allowed to wear a duck uniform because you probably have about 15 of them. So, so what was the best University of Oregon uh, singlet that you got to put on when you were there? Yeah, that's a that's a hard question, um, just because there were there were so many, you know, everything from the the cool tie dye with Pre and Bowerman that we got to wear at national wear at nationals one year. Um, to we had like pink ones for October Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, but I think my favorite was probably the what we called the retro uniform. Um, that was kind of like a lighter yellow with like just a green Oregon oh, across yes. the chest. You know, the one where you see Prefontaine and and um, all the um, historic runners from the 70s and 80s wearing. And, you know, that one holds a special place because it was the uniform I was wearing during my senior year um, in the Pac-12 final, which I which I won. So it was just kind of, yeah my yeah a favorite uniform and we always wore them for pen relays too and i always had a good time there so just kind of yeah of being just a simple like historic uniform with um some of like the good performances i was able to to have in in that one so i'd have to go with the retro yeah very classy choice i love it i love it so i want to bring you back to another race you ran uh last summer so you competed at the um usa championships and you know, I'm. I was saying to the guys before, I'm. I'm 98% sure that this was you that this happened to in the race. But I have the, uh, the power here because I edit the podcast. So if I'm wrong, I'll just cut <laughs> this part out. Um, but so correct me if I'm wrong here. But you were coming down in the prelims, and you were right next to Ben Blankenship, and you guys were kind of coming down to the end, and he, he turned to you and kind of motioned for you to to take the race. That that was you, correct? It was. Okay, so my question yeah. to you is, I, you know, again, I know this is coming from a fan's perspective, and I know the pros see it completely different. You guys live in a completely different world than the fan's perspective. But when I was watching that race, I was, like, pissed off. I was like, if that was me, I'd be offended. This guy's, you know, telling me to take it, and you kind of turned back to him and, and, you know, told him to take it. So what was going through your mind during that, and, like, how does something like that, how does a pro see that situation pan out? We, we were just having fun. You know, Ben and I kind of had a relationship throughout last summer because before USA's, I was over in Europe and we were roommates at a meet in Prague. We were in Leuven, Belgium together, training together for, for parts of that. And yeah, coming down the home stretch in a prelim, um, we I think, yeah, I looked over at him or came up on his shoulder and I think he saw that it was me. So he kind of made that gesture kind of just 
all in good fun. And, and, and the prelim at first is kind of stressful. So I think coming down the home stretch, realizing we had our positions locked up um, was, was a relief. And I think that was just kind of, yeah, shown and, 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 and the way he acted and um, you know, yeah, he, we, we just joked around a lot and over in Europe. Um, and, and yeah, I look up to him just, he's an experienced veteran and, and I was just kind of like this young gun. So I think he just was, was joking around and, and yeah, you know, we, we definitely have a, a, a friendship kind of off the track too. So um, yeah, that was, yeah, kind of, yeah, not just a highlight of the meet, but of, of the summer being able to, to um, yeah, do well, do well in that prelim and, and get good experience following a guy like Ben around the track. See, this is what I love about professional riders, right? You guys, you always have a, a great respectful answer and you guys just respect each other so much. So, you know, you guys are real stand up, uh, you know, sport and, and, and athletes. But one time, you know, I just ne- next time he gives you that motion, just, you know, give him a little give him a little lip or something. Create a little controversy. So people like us have something <laughs> we have to something about, to talk you know about. I mean? <laughs> we'll try. Yeah, we'll try to. Um, so obviously, I mean, it's, it's very easy to kind of to see the down like we're, we're in the middle of a crisis. We're in the middle of a, a tragedy across the globe. And, um, you know, the events are getting canceled. The Olympics have been getting pushed back. So it's very easy to see kind of the downside, you know, as an athlete. But, you know, you have an extra year. You know, the, the Olympics are going to happen in 2021. Are there any positives that you kind of see from this this extra year that you're getting? Yeah, I, th- I think initially, like you said, there was a little bit of like uneasiness with all the cancellations and you work so hard. Um, I had this year marked on my calendar for, for a long time now. Um, but if anything, the kind of shutdown of the 2020 season um, kind of reaffirmed my commitment to the sport and allows me to, you know, get back to, you know, the original reasons why I started running. And that's just kind of to be outside and, and, and to, 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 you know, explore maybe some new trails. And um, yeah, if anything, this postponement only helps me, gives me another year to become stronger. You know, I'm still kind of gaining momentum, I think gaining experience. So even if it's just training by myself and no racing, I, I still think I have some, some training goals in mind and some things to accomplish just kind of like outside of, outside of races. Um, but yeah, yeah. If anything, it just kind of, um, reminds me like, yeah, why, why I do this sport. So, um, yeah, I think everyone has had to go through those thoughts and, and kind of think of maybe creative ways to motivate themselves. But, um, to me, that underlying motivation, um, has always been there. And, and I think, yeah, another year will just give me an even better shot at making the team in 2021. Yeah, it sounds like you're handling it, you know, as well as you can, because you bring a good point. I wonder if there's a divide at all between some athletes that are kind of losing the fire when there's no race to to train for. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself much of an athlete these days, but I'm finding myself it's really hard to get out and, and get any training in knowing, you know, there's not at least like a summer 5K that I can that I can put on the calendar. So do you think, um, I don't know, can you see anybody else, any of your your other pro athletes out there, pro studs kind of losing the fire a little bit, or you think everybody, you know, will be able to handle it as well as you can. Um, it's, it, it's hard to tell, you know, I've, I've been in contact with kind of my close circle of training partners in, in Seattle. And, um, I think the majority of them have kind of, um, yeah, used it to take a step back and, and maybe experiment with training. And, and it's kind of exciting at first, like in this first little stage of, of, crisis we're in is is because everyone kind of maybe gets to look at it from a different perspective and 
and yeah, maybe maybe start running more miles or running running less miles or whatever you choose to do. Um, but for the most part, I think I think the motivation is still there. You know, distance runners are are used to training a long time and having to go through a lot of work to get to an end goal. So at least for me, like I've waited a, a number of years for this opportunity. So why wait just one more year um, when when I think yeah it could it could it could benefit me. Um, so yeah, I mean that's an interesting point. Um, I hope, yeah, we can all just come together and, 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 and yeah, hopefully everyone kind of keeps the fire for next year. Cause I think it's going to be an exciting, exciting year. That's probably just the difference between, uh, you know, a bum like myself and a good runner there is they can keep, <laughs> keep the motivation, keep the fire going during a time like this. Yeah, where I, I definitely I don't wouldn't think that's be able the only to... difference. That's, definitely <laughs> that's, the only difference. that's one of many differences, right? <laughs> so to kind of, uh, move away from, you know, the cancellations and all of that, I noticed that you um, studied biochemistry when you were at the University of Oregon. So you're obviously way smarter than all of us. But is, do you have any plans outside of your professional running career to to kind of pursue that path? And if so, you know, where would you want to go with that? Yeah, that's that's um, something I was thinking about through the last few years of, of college and, you know, before I would say around um, 2016, I was, I was pretty set on going to med school after college. I was like, I want to just go straight into, um, getting an MD and, and becoming a doctor. And I shadowed some, some surgeons and was kind of thinking about orthopedic surgery and, and using my biochemistry degree to, to move forward with that plan. Um, and then when I, when I made the trials in 2016 and, and got that experience, I was like, this is something I want to do again. So I was kind of planning for 2020, um, and now it's 2021. So, I was just kind of going to focus on running until then and, and see where I'm at and see if I um, still want to want to go to med school. Uh, I also did three years of undergraduate research at Oregon in a biochemistry lab, kind of um, bio, biochemical like models. Um, and I could go back to grad school and, and get a PhD in chemistry and, and have some good opportunities there. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm kind of still committed to running, but yeah, both of those options are still on the table. Um, and I have a lot of free time to, to think about that now. So, um, sure. yeah, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> yeah. Do they have like Man. online PhD classes? I don't know. But... <laughs> Maybe they maybe will now. To... Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's not many athletes that have that background and, no, and uh, no. <laughs> that ahead of them as a, you know, potential uh, future career. That's amazing. Um, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun, but we always end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, so down the home stretch, basically just rapid fire questions at you. Your topic tonight, uh, so kind of you know based on everything that's going on, and we saw you making your you know funny juggling uh, videos on Instagram. So your topic is going to be um, you know basically sports that you have to play indoors now. So would you be good at this sport if you had to play it indoors? So Trent, why don't you hit it with this? Hit us with the first question. All right, so I went back into my childhood for this first one here. How about don't touch the ground because the ground's lava? Ooh, yeah, that's that's a classic. I definitely played that a lot, lot as a kid. Um, yeah, I think I think I'd be pretty good. Um, I don't know, having having that balance that you saw in the cup video would, would probably right. help out. You know, if you got on the <laughs> edge of a couch, you know, balance on the cushion. And the creativity is, is a big one too. You know, you got to throw out your obstacles and um, find things to jump on. So yeah, that's a good one. 
So uh, you see on online, everybody's trying to putt and chip uh, ping pong balls into into different cups or different objects. How good would you be at that? I'd have to say not very good. Um, I don't have <laughs> too much of a golf background. I do enjoy going to the driving range, but I'm splicing it and and, and it's going all over the all over the place. And I could say my short game's even worse. So yeah, every year um, at our cross country camp at Oregon, we'd have like a putt putt competition, and I would never make the final. So um, I, I'd have to skip that one. Right. So I, I don't know who you're who you're quarantined with, but back in the day when I was in high school, me and my friends used just to get together and just like wrestle each other for like two hours, you know, until you, <laughs> you have to tap out. So would you be good at wrestling whoever you're quarantined with? Ooh. <laughs> uh, probably, probably not, you know. Um, <laughs> and, my, and, and, and when we were younger, my, my like, yeah, middle school friends and I would, would set out mattresses all over the living room and That's have right. kind of like a, a wrestle, yeah, um, competition. And I'd, I'd be the one just trying to escape and run away. I would never be the one <laughs> to, to confront. Yeah, I was always like at the time smaller than, than all my friends who played football. So I just I was too nervous about like breaking something. So I, I'd, I'd probably skip that one too. <laughs> Mike, you said, we said, so Mike's my brother. We used to call our basement the gauntlet. That's right. That's where it all goes down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> all right, something something I've been finding myself, you know, but participating in is taking breakable objects and throwing it onto, you know, a soft area, so the couch or you know the bed. It's just a little, you know, it just gets the blood pressure going. You take the just computer, you check it over, you know, some <laughs> some you know wine glasses or whatever. So how good are you at at tossing breakable objects onto you know soft <laughs> landing spots? I love it. Um... Uh, I, I would say I've given myself a few heart attacks by like tossing my phone onto my bed and it just bounces mm. right off. Like you mm. think you like you think you have it right, yes. the trajectory looks good, and you're right in the middle, and then it lands just wrong and it just bounces off of the bed onto like the hardwood floor. And you know I I've only cracked my phone once, so I'm hoping not to do that anymore. So maybe maybe I won't try my phone, um, but we'll see if I can find any any. I don't know vases or anything that would <laughs> that would yeah give you that that stimulation that we need. <laughs> so we um you know you can go to our Instagram page and check it out, but we all just competed in an indoor beer mile. So that's that's a it's running a full mile indoors. So you got to map out a course and drink four beers, one before each quarter mile. How do you think you'd do at that? I like my chances. Um, I definitely have. The miling down, um, whether it's indoors yeah, or outdoors, say, say living so. room, I, I can I can do that. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'd have to get back in in beer drinking shape. Um, I don't know <laughs> if it's it's been a while since I've I've um, gone too deep into that. So, um, I don't know. I bet on myself in, in an indoor beer mile for sure. <laughs> well, the good news is you got plenty of time to try it out. So, <laughs> Mike, exactly. get him with the last question. All right, family favorite game, charades. How would you fare in charades? I think pretty good. We had a we had a huge extended family in charades um, over over Christmas during our family party, just like with with Christmas and winter themed things. Um, sometimes some like inside jokes thrown in there too. So it's always 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 a fun time with the family and and yeah, I think I'm I'm one of the better charade actors and in my family and um yeah definitely having the right people on the other side matters too like my sisters who know me well 
um, can kind of read read what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe if I get to choose my team, I'll, I'll do pretty well. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Nice. Well, hey, Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. Um, you know, we're all really bummed out about, you know, this year, but we're we're going to keep grinding out content. We're going to keep having people on, having some fun, and we wish you the best of luck in 2021. Thank you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Right, man. Appreciate it, Sam. Yeah, Take care. no problem. You too. Good luck with everything. Thank you. That interview with Sam Prattle is brought to you by Bell Lab Track Gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell Lab boys. Look good, feel good, run good. Guys, we've been preaching it for a couple weeks now. We love our new partners, Bell Lab Track and Field Gear. They're doing an awesome thing for this sport. They're giving it all back to the athletes, and they're trying to grow this sport in an awesome way. So get to their Instagram page right now and go check out their dope gear. Yeah, and they just awarded the two winners of the P2E giveaway just this past week. So it was at Tottenham and Ryan Kiger. So uh, congratulations, guys. Thanks for writing a review and submitting it to, to Bell Lap Track and Field Gear. I had fun. Um, reading all the reviews, there was some some really really good ones in there. Only only one bad one. One guy gave us a two star review, so you can go screw yourself. Well, Trent's talked about it in the past. But you know, you're not you're not legit until you get one bad review, and we got our one bad review. Um, I'm not saying keep them coming. All we needed was one to make us legit, but you know, that's, keep the good reviews coming in. That's how I feel about my singing career, boys. I mean. You know, in the very beginning, everybody supports you. Everybody tells you you're doing a great job. But when you reach that certain level, then you start getting some real critique. So just like my singing has a couple of haters, the pod has a couple of haters. That means we have both made it. That's right. That's right. That's, good. That's a good point. All right, guys. So we have we have a special treat for the listeners today. So we're going to do, I guess this is kind of a P2E Classics episode or segment so we were what we're doing is we're we're going back to world races trying to figure out what we were going to watch for this week and we're going to follow up we're going to hit all the races that were submitted because guys the fact of the matter is is we have a long time without sports especially running so um we're going to keep those coming but we figured we're going to do something a little different on this episode and so instead of necessarily picking an episode that's that's a you know a classic or kind of an instant classic. What we decide to do is we decide to go back and pick a pick a a race that was a little bit more fun, something that was a little different, and something that we could watch with you guys. And you so you can start the video with us, and we can kind of commentate on it. Um, so what we're doing is we are doing the 2016 Edinburgh Cross Country um, Men's Race, and so. This was kind of a race that was a little bit different. It was like a cross-country festival, and I think they've stopped doing it. I, I actually read something that they're trying to bring it back, but it was this really awesome cross-country festival that went on for like 15, 20 years, and they had all different types of races. They had relays. They had a, an elite men's race, an elite women's race. They had a long course, a short course, and it was on this beautiful cross-country course uh, in Scotland, and it was just a really cool race, and so we're going to commentate on the, the 2016 long course. 
Yeah, there, there's not that many big-time XC invites out there that, that draw a lot of big names, but Edinburgh did that. And some of the, the past competitors, winners, you had Kipchoge has won there before, Bekele has won there, Mofara has gone there. And so it, it's not very often that you have you know, such an elite cross-country event that attracts the world's best runners. So uh, it's unfortunate they don't do it at Edinburgh anymore. I think they, they moved it to some other town, Sterling in, in the UK, and I'm not actually sure, but it's kind of lost some of its lust, some of its appeal. Because part of the beauty was, I guess it had, you know, the crazy fans there and then the beautiful Scottish course. So um, it's kind of a shame it's not going on, but maybe maybe with all the pub that we bring to it, you know, they'll get a little bit of a rally to bring it back. That's right. I mean, anybody who's listening to the show knows that we are cross-country guys through and through. It's our favorite part of the sport. I got to be honest, I've, I had never even heard of this race. I'm excited to to give it a watch. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, like we don't generally even when we do the classics we watch the the races right on the spot there so this will be the first time i'm watching it and i'm excited to see what comes of it yeah and a cool thing about the 2016 race and one of the reasons why we wanted to do it is they kind they made it more of a of a team race and so they did essentially like the rider cup for cross country and so it was the usa versus great britain uh versus europe and we probably need to have Josh Kerr back on sometime to explain to us what the difference between Great Britain and Europe is. But <laughs> so it was three teams, and it was uh, it was a pretty intense showdown between these uh, between these these three regions or, or countries. Um, so what we're doing is we're gonna pull up. So you can you can Google Edinburgh 2016 cross country race. So. And while you do that, I'm first just going to make fun of Great Britain for a little bit. I know the race is idea. in Great That's Britain, but, but like Steve said, I mean, you got no shot if you're Great Britain. And I'm saying this not knowing who the winner of these team events are in the past couple of years. But there's no way Great Britain can compete with the rest of Europe if, you know, Europe sends a, a C team, a B team. I mean, it's such a small percentage of Europe. I don't know. So they're confused about what their loyalties are. You know, they're way too cocky going into it. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to need Josh Kerr to explain to us where that cockiness came from. It's funny you mention that. I heard in 2016 they were super cocky going into this, right? Like there was a lot of <laughs> smack talk, like a lot of, uh, you know, that um, who was the guy? One of one of the guys was sent, talking all kinds of smack. Is, so, yeah. All right. So, guys, so to that. watch with us, so, so you're going to go to, you can just Google Great Edinburgh x dash country 2016 and so it's a 25 minute and 51 second video you're going to go to exactly the 16 minute mark all right so we're going to go there and on three me might hold on hold, hold on can we do like a one two three go i feel like on three can be pretty vague sometimes and where I've been doing a lot of these like rewatch things, it gets confusing. So can we do that? Can you give me a one, two, three, no, go? No, we're not going to do that. We're going to say runners to your mark, get set, go. That's what we're going to okay. do. Okay. All right. All right. So runners to your mark, get set, go. Did anybody fall start? Right. Nobody fall started. And the men are off. All right. So let's see. So we got, it says the men's senior, but. I think that just means that that's like the pros. Those are, these are the adults running. Oh, I think cross country kids ran earlier. Trent, Great Britain is out too. Hey, 
Okay. Stunningly. Okay. They're excited. They're on their home course. They got a little, a little too antsy going out there. I have no doubt about it that Great Britain gets their ass kicked. See, I, I do like, though, that they put, like, a live scoreboard. I know NCAA has been, like, starting to do that recent years, but that is – if you're going to make cross-country a marketable sport, you need the live scoreboard. I need to know at all points in the race, you know, who's winning and who's losing type of deal. What hey, check out check out the latest blog post on peaktorelli.com. I go into a whole thing about that. That is the only way to attract casual fans to cross-country is a live scoreboard. And that means more than every 2K. I need, like, every 400 meters. Fair enough. So we got, we got six guys, or let's see. And we got five guys from Great Britain out front. We got a little bit of a trail pack with two USA guys in there. Looks like Garrett Heath is in there. I think Scott Fobble's in the mix. Um, but but uh, Great Britain's uh, taking out the lead hard here, going up the hill. What what color are we? Are we red? Red yeah. team. Red team. We're, then... we're wearing the red singlets with the big USA on them. It, How about then... Great Britain and Europe copying our team colors over here? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, can I say something about these uniforms, right? So the you kits may. that we saw for the Olympics that got canceled, hopefully they get changed. These kits are awesome. Like the bright red with the USA, I love these kits. I, I do like them. Mm-hmm. It, that it, it is a bummer, Trent, that you bring up a good point. Literally every single one of these teams is wrapping red, white, and blue. So, it, I mean, it, it's a bit of a cause for confusion. It's hard not to root for all of them. So they're doing laps, so it's like a, a lap course, but... I love watching cross country. Like cross country, I think is the best sport to watch, especially when there's good coverage like this. And they've been running, they've been running races all day on this course, so it's chewed up. It's been raining, so it's muddy. Everybody's covered in mud in the chase pack. Like this is awesome. I love watching this type of running. I, I swear, even when cross country court, like it's not a rainy day, cross country, like whoever directs the races, just goes out there and just messes up the course and makes it like super muddy and like throws a hose on it because every cross country race I ever watch is just always a muddy course. And honestly, that's the way it should be. Even if it's like a Absolutely. bright and sunny day, they should just mm-hmm. destroy the course. Some, some See, good fans here too, for a crazy, you know, wet and rainy day. I guess the Scots are used to this weather, but good for them for being out there and some good kilts, kilts there. there. Yeah. I was about yeah. to say, you see these guys in the kilts, rain jackets and kilts. Unreal. I mean, but this is like, this is a perfect day for cross country. It's it's you know people are bundled up in jackets. You got rain. You got mud. This is just this is what I love about the sport. I also I love the small field size of this race, right? You know when you look at a big time cross country race, it just goes on forever. There's hundreds and hundreds of athletes. Here you can really get a full scope of you know how each team is doing within a few seconds because everybody's just packed up front there. Yeah, you feel like you're watching a high school duel meet, yeah. which is something you never get in college or professional running. Steve, you mentioned a couple names. Do you have any other big names that are, are noteworthy in this race? Well, so, so you got you got Sir Mo Farah in the, got the hat in on. About third place right there. That's right, yeah. And the long sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mo's, Mo's a track guy, you know. Who, I don't know how, how well he's going to hold up here on the on the hills and the, and the mud. And so you got Garrett Heath from the USA and Scott Fobble kind of in the mix there, both rocking the, the red of the USA. So I must say, and this might not be a popular opinion, I'm not even 100% sure if I agree with this opinion yet, but something about like, because usually when you see championship cross country, it's a massive field. Something about this like small, intimate field, it's kind of exciting because you can clearly see how the race is panning out you know what i mean with only three teams and limited runners 
you can see how the race is shaking up and like as people move up and move back how the scores change where generally in like you know ncaa cross country there's just a mob of people it's impossible Mm -hmm. to see exactly how the race is shaking out who's that in uh first place uh does anyone have a name on this guy he's been setting the pace the whole time even even oh now sir mo's making a move now now sir mo's in the in the lead and and he's followed closely by uh by garrett heath who's of the uh the brooks beast track club dude sir mo rocking the not even like under armor under the singlet he's wearing like a baggy long sleeve shirt under the singlet i hate that look we talk we give a lot of praise to mo for being like super swaggy that look is just not swaggy at all it's terrible Unless you pull it off like he's pulling it off right now. No, if you, if you win like that, then you don't even nobody, need a nice little tight fit under armor. pulls that off. It is a horrific look. It, like, it acts like a professional, please. Professionals don't wear that. So it looks like you got, uh, uh, let's see, is that um, Colm Hawkins and Ross Millington of Great Britain up there as well. So they're coming through the second lap there, heading into the final lap of this uh this cross country race and it looks like Mo Farah is making another push to the front there right on Garrett Heath's heels. I I got to be honest with you Trent here. Europe stinks. They are horrible. Yeah, Europe saying Great Britain's got a nice little uh you know matchup going here, but N- not even Great Britain they're just flashing the scores. Great Britain is kicking kicking ass right now. This no, is no, no. I mean, it's relatively close, but Europe stinks. Yeah, Europe so doesn't have chase... a guy in like the top fifteen. What <laughs> happened, Europe? So in the chase pack for USA, we got Brian Harvey, um, Alexander Monroe, um, Mark Parrish. Uh, let's see who else we have from the USA. Oh, Fobble goes up more. Yep, yep. So Fobble's making a little push. He's he's going to join Garrett Heath at the front there. And uh, guys, this is this is all guts here. You're heading into the last mile of a of a muddy cross country course. It's all about who's stronger. And I gotta say with this about Garrett Heath's stride, man. Every single step he takes, he looks like he's in pain. And you look at a guy compared to Mo Farah. Mo Farah just, I mean, there's nobody smoother out there. But Garrett just got that like chunky, choppy stride. He's like all hunched over while he's running. Dude just looks like he's in pain out there. My favorite thing about cross country, and it's pretty evident in this race here, is there's always at least two battles going on, right? Like you have that front pack battle, your your top one or two or three guys, however your team shakes out. But it's always split where like, you know, your top three and your, your bottom three are always battling it out. And, you know, they're just as important because your top guys are the low points. But, you know, your your four, five, six in cross country, that's where it all shakes out. But it's so evident, again, with this small field where you can just physically see those two groups like right next to each other. So, Mike, it looks like they're heading into the finish here. Garrett, he's got about a 10-meter lead on Mo Farah, and they're coming up the last hill into the last turn into the finish. Garrett, he looks behind oh, his man. shoulder, slipping on the mud a little bit. They're coming down the home stretch. Here we go. Mo must get him, right? Mo Let's go. Come on, Garrett. Hold him off. Hold him off. Those Garrett looks good. Time. There's no way Mo doesn't get him. About five meter lead coming into the finish. Mo's done. I mean, Mo's done. Oh, what Garrett, a scalp that is. What a scalp that is. Sir Mo. Oh, man. 
What a race. I mean, that's just I mean, that's just fun to watch. And let's see who else we got coming across the finish line. Here. We got we got Fobble number two. And then from Great Britain we got Colm Hawkins, uh Ross Millington, Dewey Griffith, uh Andrew Bouchard. Oh, Great Britain pack. They go yeah. two, three, four, or sorry, they go two, four, five, six, seven, and just dominate Trent. What an idiot. What an idiot coming in with that Great Britain pack. Totally rigged. Absolutely <laughs> rigged. I, so 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 Great Britain gets the gets the team W, but what an impressive effort from uh from, from Garrett Heath out there, huh? I mean, he just I don't know much about Garrett Heath, but he's just clearly like that's his day, right? Like muddy, grinding cross country weather. Like it just seems like he that's kind of what he thrives in. And I was giving Mo not as much crap as you were, my guy, saying if he pulls it off, you can wear the loose long sleeve shirt if you pull it off. Uh, Gary looks so much cooler now that he won, and he was out there with nothing underneath it. You know, Mo's out there looking like he's ready to go skiing, and Garrett's out there for a cross country race. Did you just see the final standings? USA went one three, and we still lost to Europe. Yeah, yeah, Great Britain, Ooh. not Europe. No, no we, we lost, lost to Europe, Europe too. too. We came in third. We finished last. No, no way. That's no what way. I just said. No, that's wrong. That's See, wrong. I don't know what to tell you. Look at this. Okay. That that's wrong. Here, let's do the math. Let's do rigged. the math. Right it's now. rigged. It's rigged. So so, Steve, so USA USA's got USA's got one. Uh, okay, okay. Three. This must be a combined between the women's and men's or uh, something. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that that math doesn't make sense. That math doesn't yeah. make sense. You're right. So we it went USA got second unfortunately but just barely take that rope but man i love watching cross country like i don't know why i mean if you think about like all the parts of our sport like all the different events cross country is probably the least viewed and the least kind of you know appreciated as a as a spectator sport you know compared to the marathon and track but man like if we if if we kind of promoted cross country a little bit more paid a little more attention to it i think it would be great for the sport. I mean, we talked about it at USA's, right? USA cross country this past, I think it was January, and we didn't know about it, right? And it was one of those things where it's like, if we did, if if the sport did a better job promoting it and highlighting cross country, we would have been all over it. We would have watched every step of that race. We just like didn't know, and like it was like an afterthought. For sure, for sure. I mean, I think it it goes back to kind of what the pod is all about. So. I think the reason that track and marathon are probably more important is because you get that numbers game, right? Where everything is equivalent. Um, people get to see the PRs, the records, you know, country records, world records, so forth, and Olympic records and all that. Um, so, so it's very like numbers oriented and it's much easier to follow as a statistician or a person that likes stats. Cross country is throw out the stats, throw out the numbers and just grind. And that's kind of what we stand for. And so um, I think it's, it's just bringing more awareness to that. So then you get more of that broader, you know, sports fan out there, that's not about all the numbers that goes into to being a big track fan. It's just more about watching guys compete their asses off. Yeah, yeah and I mean, look at the two guys at the front of the race. You got Mo, who's, you know, technically the the soundest runner, you know, best stride you'll ever see, um, who's tailor-made for the track. And then you said, you know, like we said, we got Garrett Heath, who he's a, he's a, a great runner, but you look at him, he's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit stronger, he doesn't look quite as smooth as a guy like Mo. You throw in some mud, you throw in some rain, you throw in some hills. Hey, it's it's about who's tougher on that day. It's not necessarily about who's got the smoothest stride. 
yeah, that that race got my juices flowing. I feel like everything I said at the top of the show about me not running like 160 miles this week is completely changed. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go out there and grind and smoke you guys. Yeah. And guys, hey, let us know what you thought about this, because we want to keep doing classics like we want to keep bringing, you know, kind of the, the history, you know, of the sport to you guys and kind of talking about it. But I also want to look for, like I said, these fun different races and and maybe kind of do these kind of, you know, live watches where you guys can watch it along with us. So if you have any fun different races, maybe I'm thinking, you know, they did that elimination mile a little mm-hmm. while back down in Australia and think maybe something like that. So if you have any fun different races that we should do something like this, let us know. Guys, this was a fun episode. I'm glad we... Uh, we, I, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it a couple times, but there's not a whole lot going on in the running world, but we're, we're having fun and we're still doing our thing and we're still coming out with content and I'm, uh, I'm enjoying this. So, um, you know, why don't we, uh, on that guys, why don't we kick off the bell app? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? Yeah. So, uh, this past weekend we had our first semblance of real sports, uh, in the world really with the NFL draft. And um, I was glued to it. I mean, I have always liked the draft, but never really understood people like who go all in, watch every second of the draft. Because after the first round, it's like, all right, I can just look up tomorrow who we took and, you know, then I'll watch all the YouTube highlights. But I was glued to it because it's the only sports we had. And all I'm going to say after the whole draft is um, the Patriots is still the Patriots. And uh, Jared Sidham is my quarterback. That's all I got to say. That's my quarterback. My quarterback. <laughs> Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I had, you know, listened to, to Taylor Swift's new CD you know, a dozen <laughs> times. And so I needed some new music to mix it up. Need a little new vibe um, to get myself going the other day. I put on a, a little playlist on Spotify called P2E Pump Up Songs. Tell you what, boys. I mean, I I know nothing about music. I just like I said, it's like Taylor Swift, a little little country music, and that's it. There's there's some there's been some good music made in the last couple of years that you know I just didn't know about. Um, people people are still pumping out some good songs. So I want to give a shout out to whoever posted this song. Uh, Swoop is an artist Hall of Fame. There's some good stuff. There's some not so good ones on there too. Um, but for a little more, I guess I should give some background. Uh, we where Mike collected, you know, all a bunch of our interview guests what their pump-up songs before Rays um, and put it on a little playlist there. So if you want a little something new in your life, mix up your music, get out of, you know, 2008, like, like I live in, um, then I would, <laughs> and I would check it out. And, and we're going to be adding to it. Yeah, that's good. I was just about to say, there's some people who uh, we've had on since or that I just haven't added to it yet. So uh, look for that. Uh, hopefully within the next week or so, we'll get a, a few more songs added to that playlist. Get pumped up like a pro athlete. On there, right. That's true. Yeah, we should get ours we, on there. We need our pump-up songs on there. Um, so it's looking like, I don't want to jinx it, but it's looking like we're going to have our first taste of real sports on May 9th with UFC 249. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. So I, I have an idea in the works for something that we could do with the pod for UFC 249. But an important part of that is getting in a week of mileage next week 
And so we'll talk about it next week on the pod. But I think if if ever, if you join our club and you get in a, a, a week of strong mileage, I have an idea for something that we could do for UFC 249. So I'm just going to tease that. I know that's I know that's pretty complicated and there's a there's a lot of moving pieces there. But uh, get in a full week of mileage, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to some real sports. Other than that, guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. good things about bell app track and field you gotta get to their instagram page right now and go check out all the dope stuff they got going on that's a good point guys <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> steve's frozen is he actually no he's just like mentally frozen <laughs> I can't tell. No, he's definitely. Hey, was that me screwing up or was that yours? Like, I didn't hear any of that, Mike. Trent, could you hear it? Yeah, yeah, you sounded fine. Mike, I mean, Steve, you just like froze. I'm I'm frozen. Am I frozen? You're back. You're back. It looked like, no, because you were still moving. It looked like your brain just. I I think I'm frozen. It looks like your brain just like broke. It looked like you stopped (laughs) knowing how to be a pro. Okay, he's gone. (laughs) He just fucking left. (laughs) Oh, I bet you. I bet you he couldn't hear us talk to him at that very end there. <laughs> oh, oh, man, that was fucking funny. All right, am I back? I mean, I you're, can't you're see back. you, but you're back. <laughs> I was trying to talk about Bell Lap Track and Field Gear, but it wasn't coming through. Oh, my God, that was... You looked like... um. You were like a concussed NFL athlete or something. Just like you didn't look, you looked like you didn't know where you were. I didn't. I was lost in the sauce. <clears throat> All right, should I try that again? Yeah.
Clapping, got the desert burn.